0: to the city church podcast we hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message if you would like to find out more about the city please log on to our website www.thecity.sg I want to speak to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 1 Corinthians chapter 15 First Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, is the account uh, of uh, Paul on the resurrection of Jesus. But if I can give it a title, I want to title 1 Corinthians chapter 15, The Day Death Died. Woo! (laughs) The Day Death Died. Let's uh, read from verse 12, if uh, if you have a Bible, but otherwise we've got it on the screen. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and our faith and uh, so is our faith verse sixteen uh, verse fifteen more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. Verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Verse 19. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Verse 20, my favorite verse. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Can we read verse 20, please, together? But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. One more time. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. I want to first talk about uh, the first part of this chapter, which is this question which Paul was trying to address this unthinkable question, what if there is no Easter? What if there is no resurrection? What if death had conquered and Jesus Christ today is still in the tomb? Which is what Paul was trying to explain in the first part of the, of the text we read this morning. And I believe if there is no Easter, then there are at least six tragic things that would be true if Christ today is still in the grave. At least six tragic things that would be true to us this morning if Christ is still in that grave. The first thing is Paul said in verse 12, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. Preaching would be profitless if Christ is still in the grave. If Christ is still in the grave, you're wasting your time this morning sitting there listening to my preaching and I'm wasting my time preparing for my sermon if Christ is still in the grave. Pre- preaching would be profitless, vain, and empty. Why? Because verse 4 of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that the gospel is that Christ died for our sins and He was buried and rose again on the third day. That's the gospel. If Jesus is still in the grace, then there is no gospel to be preached this morning. But the wonderful news is today, all around the world, more than, I don't know, millions of churches are preaching the resurrection and churches were full this morning because Christ has been raised from the dead whether there were dramas or videos or there were performances, but today all around the world, the, the message of the church is Jesus is alive. There's a gospel to be preached because Christ is alive. But if Christ is still in the grave, then preaching would be pointless. The second thing is faith would be foolish faith would be foolish. Paul said, so is our faith. Our faith would, would be useless. So is our faith. See, faith is no better than the, than the object. So why put faith in a dead Messiah? A dead man can't save himself and much less anyone. Amen? Our faith in Jesus Christ would be worthless if he's still in that grave. See, Romans chapter 1, verse 4 says that the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. He shows that He is the Son of God by being raised from the dead. If He's still in the grave, then all we are talking about this morning, He being God's Son and all that. You know, our faith in the dead Messiah is simply foolish. My friends, this morning, I'm here to announce to you that every other religious leader died. Except Jesus. Come on. Jesus Christ is alive. If He's still in the grave, then our faith is foolish. But this morning, the good news is Jesus is alive. The grave is empty. The stones has been rolled away. We're singing songs. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive because He's alive and faith is no longer foolish. But that's the second reason. The second thing, if if Christ is, still, is, if Christ is still dead, then our faith would be foolish. The third thing, the, the disciples are deceivers. The Bible says, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. So Paul was talking about, uh, about himself and he's saying, if Christ is still dead, then all of us, Paul and Peter and James and John, were just a bunch of false witnesses, were deceivers. Understand this church, Paul is not saying we're mistaken. It's one thing to be mistaken, it's another to be, to be a false witness. And Paul asserts, if Jesus Christ is still in the grave, then we're telling a lie. We're all liars. Peter is a liar, John's a liar, James a liar, Stephen died in vain, James you know, was, telling, uh, was just telling a lie. But friends, my question this morning is, were the disciples liars? If so, why would they lie? The disciples openly exclaimed, listen, First John says, we've seen Him, we've touched Him, and they died as martyrs. They were tortured, they were persecuted, they were burned at the stake, they were torn apart by lions, they were crucified alive. Some of them upside down. See friends, hypocrites and martyrs are not made up, made up of the same stuff. Liars and martyrs are totally different. People tell lies to get out of trouble, not into trouble. Amen. <laughs> Why would you tell a lie to get yourself into trouble? See, few will die for what they know is a lie. Was Peter a con man? Was John the Apostle a crook? Was Paul a blatant liar? Of course, the answer is no because they, they wouldn't die for a lie. Will you die for a lie? Will you go around telling a, a false witness and then you would die on the cross? Of course, no one will die for a lie. And even up till today, not just were the early apostles martyrs where I've met some people who knew martyrs. I've met a father in China who lost his son for preaching the gospel. I had a story of a man in the Middle East who lost his son for preaching the gospel. And today all around the world, people are still giving up their uh, life not in rebellion but in love. Stephen demonstrated when the people were stoning him, he looked up to heaven, his face was shining like an angel, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. They weren't radical Christians just killing themselves for the faith. They were dying in love to reach those who are persecuting them. Friends, the disciples weren't deceivers. But if Christ is still in the grave, then the disciples would be deceiving. Number four, sin would still be sovereign if Christ was still in the grave. The Bible says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. You have no hope of forgiveness apart from the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he's still in the grave, then God did not accept the sacrifice of Calvary. And how do we know that Jesus Christ is not just a religious fanatic with a martyr complex who happened to get crucified? How do we know that God accepted the sacrifice of Calvary? How do we know that? The proof and the only proof is the resurrection. No resurrection, no saviour. No saviour, no forgiveness. His death without His resurrection cannot save anybody. We'll talk more about that. Number five, death has dominion. If Christ is still in the grave, then death has won. The verse says, Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Do you know a loved one who has died? Do you have a relative who has died in faith? If Jesus Christ be not raised, then they've perished. It's all over. Life is nothing but a cruel joke. And all we can look forward to is the downward spiral to the grave. All of us in this room. Is that all there is to life? No, my friends. Something as glorious as human life has more meaning than that. Amen. Those fallen asleep in Christ have not perished. The Lord Jesus Christ grappled with the iron bars of death and He became victorious. Like what? Andre read? Come on. Death does not have dominion. Christ arose. Last but not least, If Christ is still in the grave this morning, the future is fearful. The future is fearful. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we of all people are the most, in King James Version, pitiable. If our only hope is in this life, if all we talk about is the best life now, (laughs) if all we talk about is God bless me in this life, more prosperous, more cars, more houses, more money in the bank, and God can do that. He has done that. Come on, he has turned poppers into princes. But if that's all we have, hope in this life, then the Bible says we of all people are the most pitiable. But because Christ has risen from the dead, we have a hope for the life to come. We've got something to look forward to. We're waiting earnestly for his return. We are looking forward to the day where we split the eastern sky and he comes to the chariots of heaven and we will receive us back together with him into the glorious home, one that he said he, will, he is preparing for us. Come on, our future is not fearful. But friends, if, 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 if Christ didn't raise from the dead, then our future is fearful. Without the resurrection, we're just poor, deluded Christians of all people, miserable. See, a wise man once said, if Jesus Christ is still in that, in that grave, nothing really matters. But if Jesus Christ came out from that grave, nothing but dead really matters. I love verse 20. That was like Paul shifting gear. He said, if there's no resurrection, if there's no resurrection. But I love verse 20. Verse 20 says, but Christ has indeed. Let's say indeed. Indeed. I love that word. It's a matter of fact. He says, this can't be denied. English teachers here, you would love this. Christ is not maybe. Christ is indeed. He says, has been raised from the dead. Christ says, indeed, I'm here to announce to you, Christians and those of us who are seeking God, God's not dead. He's alive. I grew up in a church that sing this song. No, 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 no. God's not dead. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's watching all over me, right? Is it He's watching. I feel Him in my head. I feel Him. No, no, no. See, God's not dead this morning. We're dancing for a reason. We're singing for a reason. We're laughing for a reason. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. I love like what Leonard Ravenhill said. Huh? This, this modern day revivalist, this author who writes like Tozer, he wrote these words, Calvary expresses the love of God while the resurrection explains the power of God. woo Come on. I thank God for Good Friday. I was driving around listening to some music and I was tearing up because on Good Friday, my soul contemplates on God's love. Why would He, a perfect man, die for a sinner like me when I was still cursing Him? He rescued my soul and He gave me a brand new life. There is no explanation for God's love, only gratitude and only a heart of, of thanksgiving. And I was just tearing up. I, my, my soul was moved. But friends, if there's only Good Friday and if there's no Resurrection Sunday, then the reasons I gave above were all true. All we can think of is someone who's really amazing, is like you know, a good man who died for us. I'm so grateful and praise God. But There's really no celebration. But today is Easter Sunday, and we celebrate the power of God. Good Friday, we contemplate. But Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate. Amen? We celebrate. We celebrate. (laughs) Jesus Christ took the sting out of sin, the dread out of death. I like what this author wrote, the gloom out of the grave, and it gave us hope that is steadfast and sure. There's an old chorus, and the old chorus goes, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fears are gone. Because I know, I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living, all because he lives. I grew up this morning with that chorus playing in my head. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know He holds the future and life is just because the future is not fearful for believers. But that's just the first part of First Corinthians. I can go through all the verses and we've got no time for that. So let's come down to verse 25. Jesus is alive and the Bible says, For He must reign until He has put all His enemies under His feet. you know what? and who his enemies were. Human trafficking, murder, torture, fatherlessness. These are all his enemies. These were things that humanity lost. We lost a few things when our first father willingly and voluntarily gave up his authority. But the Bible says, and Jesus must reign until all his enemies are under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. I read this story of a mother and her two children who were in the park having a wonderful time. They were enjoying the outdoors until a big bumblebee landed on the little brother and then stung him. So the brother began to cry and scream like any child would as the wound on his arm became swollen. And the bee was still buzzing around. And his little sister was petrified. The mother comforted her daughter by saying, "'Darling, wait a minute.'" As she was wiping brother's tears away, she said, "'Look down here on your brother's arm. Right in the middle of that swelling was the bumblebee stinger.'" You see that, sweetheart? That bee can buzz and fight you, but he can't hurt you. You see, he can only sting once, and he has left his snigger in your brother. Friends, all of us would die once. Death is a decided fact. But to us believers here, you have to understand this. Death is also a defeated foe. Am I, am I afraid of dying? No. But what do I miss most when I die? People but I'm not scared of dying. I'm not scared of death. Believers have a hope to come in the next life. Amen. Death is a defeated foe. We can also laugh in the face of death because we know the Lord Jesus. I, w- I want to tell these friends, death may buzz around you. Death may try to frighten you. Death you know, may try to kachow you for the while. For all the Singaporean here, you know what I, what I, what I mean. Let's put thoughts, soul doubts, make you afraid death may frighten you but our elder brother the Lord Jesus bore that sting amen jesus took the sting out of death and he has given us a hope that is steadfast and sure jesus told death that he couldn't keep him down you see friends jesus willingly and vicariously laid down his life yes the wages of sin is death but jesus was not a sinner and he didn't have to die. So he voluntarily, he willingly laid down his life. I want to end this message. I know it's a short one. Praise God, as food. <laughs> I want to end this message. And at, and at the end, spend some time praying for some people. But describing to you the day death died. See, 2,000 years ago on the third day, before Christ were risen, Death thought he had a victory. Old King Death laid his icy, bony hands on the Lord Jesus Christ, like he did for anyone who has died. Up to that point, a few people were missing, like Elijah, maybe Moses. Death have won. Almost every time. So he shackled Christ with his bonds of death and Jesus laid there in a borrowed tomb. We sang there, Joseph's grave. Cold, stiff, and stuck in that tomb. Death possibly with his bony hands. Just picture this with me. Clap his hands and said, I got him. He's mine. Finally. The Son of God. I'll keep him here. But friends, after three days, the Lord Jesus stirred He moved and he majestically rose from his resting place. Church, Jesus did more than just survive death. Jesus defeated and decimated death in that tomb. He got up from that tomb. That stone that was slapped, he turned around and he folded that napkin that covered his face. It was cool. There was no hurry for the Son of God. Just like those days when He was asleep in the storm and the storms were raging and the disciples were fearful and they were saying, Master, Master, don't you care for us? And Jesus rubbed His eyes and said, You faithless one, our Savior was never in a hurry. Our Savior was always calm and peaceful. And so He took His time and He was in complete control. And He folded that napkin. I love the part when the disciples, as usual, hurried, entered that tomb, and they found that folded napkin place where the face was. <laughs> and there was that cruel king of terrors, death, sitting upon his throne. Just picture this with me. But this time, death was usually confident, usually just a little bit Howly, and That's the Hawking word, right? Proud. <laughs> that they had a terrified look on his face because no one had done this before. No one had ever came back alive. And Jesus began to walk toward him. Jesus reached up and pulled him from the throne and cast him to the ground. And death, of course, was cowering in fear in the corner of that tomb that had become his dungeon. Jesus put his heel as promised, friends, as promised thousands of years back, back in the garden when God declared that yes, you may hurt His heel, but He will crush your neck. So Jesus took His foot and He placed it at the neck of death and He just trampled on the neck of death and Ran him totally powerless. Come on. And reach down and pull the sting out of death. And Jesus put the crown upon his own head and walked out of that tomb totally alive, living, victorious, savior. Yeah. That day, death died. Yeah. That day, death lost its sting. That day, if you just imagine death being a vampire, Jesus pulled his fangs out. There's no more bite. There's no more. He's just going around like a roaring lion. All he could do today is to scare believers. But you know what, friends? The Bible says he's a toothless lion. Toothless! Woo! (laughs) Jesus warned, friends, death die. One of these days, and we're looking forward to that day that there's going to come a shout from the lips of our Lord Jesus when He returns. And that shout will go into the tombs of those who have named him Lord and Savior. And we're going to hear the shout that Lazarus heard. Yes, you may have lost some loved ones. Yes, you may have wept. And perhaps in this life, some of us, if the Lord tarries, may die. But there's no fear in death. The Bible promised us that we will all be raised like what we read. Because Christ has died, there's a resurrection from the dead. And when we come back to life, Christians, you won't have a big belly, I guarantee you. You will have a ripped six-pack that looks like your favorite actor. Come on, man. There will be no more whitehead, no more wrinkles, ladies. We have got a glorified body waiting for us. But the day would come when Jesus' shout would split the tombs and <laughs> the dead in Christ will rise. Hallelujah. I believe that He's going to step down from his majestic, his majestic throne in glory. I believe the shout will be the same shout that Jesus gave at the tomb of Lazarus. Come forth. Come forth. The voice of the Savior will roll through the length and breadth of Satan's defeated empire. Hallelujah! <laughs> and bring it crashing down. See, my friends, I love the last verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55. The day death died, and here Paul, who died, and Paul, like you and I, was, is waiting for his resurrection, his own body this is what, and this is what he, said. he wrote. Oh, death, where is thy sting? I love the King James Version. You, you have to read this verse in King James. No other version can communicate the feeling. Come on. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Death is a loser. Grave is a defeated foe. You can keep us there for a while, but the day is coming when the day in, in Christ shall rise. Come on. Woo. As I conclude... Because of the the resurrection, preaching today is profitable. Faith today is feasible. The disciples are dependable. Sin has been subdued and death has been defeated. And to us Christians, the future is fabulous! Woo! For we know where we're headed. What a Glory. What a message. It's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. It's not just that, friends. It goes beyond that. If this, is the, if this is the full gospel, I think that's pretty powerful. But Paul somewhere else wrote, he said that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now in us. <laughs> That's the miracle. The same power that did all these, that went into hell and pulled out the fangs from the, from, the, from the roaring lion, is now living inside us. I just pray that the church would know how powerful she is. I just pray that you guys would know this morning how much power you have on the inside. If you know how powerful you are in Christ, you won't just be contented warming seats on Sunday. You won't just be contented doing some religious duties on the weekends. You would use the power you have. You would step into the world because preaching is profitable. You will go into all the world make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. For behold, the Bible says, the resurrected Christ is with you always. And this resurrection life within us has the power to cast out demons to heal sicknesses and disease. This resurrection life within us even have the power to raise people from the dead. This resurrection life within us will bring you over your trials, over your tribulations and not go under. See friends, we're not supposed to be weighed down by the circumstances of life. Yes, Life may squeeze us, but the life within us would break out in glory. Come on, we are supposed to be victorious. We are victorious because Christ has risen from the dead. Christ has. Whatever you are going through this morning, your work may be coming at you. There might be challenges back at home. You may be oh you may have a mountain of death over you. But because it's resurrection Sunday, I'm here to remind you: the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to the church today. It's available to the church this morning. The same power can make a difference in your life this morning. You get it? You get it? Let's all stand. Dan, please, I need your help this morning. I just want to pray for miracles. I'm going to pray for miracles. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what might might be facing you. As I I said, we can contemplate on, on God's love. That's amazing. Where would I be without the love of Jesus? I thank God for Calvary. But today is Easter Sunday. We celebrate the power. We celebrate His resurrection life. Sorry man, I'm just a little bit excited this morning. Yesterday, one of my life group members, before we left the barbecue, turned to me and said, tomorrow preach yourself happy. I said, I I will. I received a text from Rebecca saying, Pastor, I'm preaching, I'm praying uh, for you. Just let it go. Just go into it. I said, I am. I am. There's no holding back when 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 you're declaring the most glorious truth of all the resurrection and the second coming of Jesus. I mean, come on, he's coming back. Come on, he's alive. Whatever you need this morning, friends, whatever you need this morning, God doesn't tease us. Amen. I I pray that you will look at this chapter differently from henceforth. I pray that as you look through every point, (laughs) that you will have the confidence. Then you have the same passion that, that the Apostle Paul had about the resurrection. But this morning, there are a few things we'll go for. If I'm sick this morning, I want to pray for you. If I'm sick this morning, I want to pray for you. You can look at our circumstance, you can look at the, the doctor's report, and you can be overwhelmed. But I wanted to look at the cross i wanted to look at the finished work of christ i wanted to look not just at his death but also i wanted to see that empty tomb this morning yes look at the, the folded napkin i heard from tradition that the reason why the napkin is folded is because you know in ancient you know, in in the jewish tradition when you leave a table and you fold your napkin saying that i'll come back the meal is not finished yet And He will come back for us, friends. He will have the the marriage supper of the Lamb together with all believers of all ages, from different tribes, from different tongues. Hallelujah. But He's coming back. This morning, I believe, God wants to release miraculous healing power in this place. So if you're sick in your body this morning, can can I see your hand?